Thank you for joining us for another powerful message from the teaching ministry of Destiny Church. We hope that you'll be challenged and stretched to grow through today's message. But most of all, we hope that you'll encounter the Father's love. If you're in the greater Mobile Bay area, please join us for our weekend worship celebration. Or if you're looking for a church family excited for a revival, please come join us in bringing heaven to earth. I keep hearing the Lord say, contending, contending, contending. He said, I'm teaching you to contend for my spirit to be released in this earth. That we become so focused on our needs. That we forget that his blessing is a conduit to the earth. He said, I'm weeping today for the nations. And he said, my spirit longs to set the world free. And I'm waiting for people to contend in this secret place with me because I need to release my spirit through you. I've heard your prayers for justice. Jesus. And I want to release that through my people. Tend for the things of my heart in this earth. Mm. And that contending happens in my place with you. Will you come? You see, our secret place is not just for us. For the last year, I keep hearing the Lord say that we're chasing platforms, not like these, Mm -hmm. but to feel or look spiritual to those around us. Mm. And he said, if you'll just seek me, I will place people in front of you that need the freedom that you have. Jesus. I need a conduit. I don't need a public speaker. Mm. Whether I put you in front of five people or 5,000 people. He said, I just need you to contend. He said, I need you to contend in the secret place with me and let me put people in front of you. That we've had it wrong in some ways. I'm contending for my own personal healing. But whether it comes in my timing or not, I'm not going to stop praying for healing to manifest because of what I feel and experience in my body. The contending is the flow of His Spirit to the earth. And He's calling us to that place. Like everything that Pastor Rife spoke today in breaking off of us is so that we can be the conduit that he needs us to be. Mm. And for me, I have to take my eyes off of my own needs. It doesn't mean that he doesn't want to meet my needs. He will, and he is, and it's coming. But the enemy will keep me so focused on that that I stop contending for the things of his heart. God wants you free today. He wants to bring freedom to all of us, physically, mentally, spiritually. But it's not just for us. It's so that his heart will flow through us to every person around us. And the enemy has given so many opportunities for us to get our sight on the other things around us. And God is saying, if you will just humble yourselves and pray and seek my face, then, then, then. He wants us to contend for him and his heart. He wants to set us free, and that's beautiful. But it's to go further than that. 
time, but I want to go right into the message here because what God is doing prior to, it's kind of like, to me, it's almost like he did the cart before the horse. And uh, now, now the, the horse is fixing to come in the message, and you're going to see how God has put this stuff together. In this series that we've been doing um, called Vertical, uh, we are in this series called Vertical, and I want us to align our heart with this message. So can you just say our declaration? Here we go. I will constantly guard my heart and align it with God's holy word for everything that I do flows from it. Amen. So in this series called Vertical, it's all about connecting with the Father in a very intimate way. And if you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10, we'll get there in just a little bit. But Hebrews chapter 10, I'll read uh, some scripture from, from that. And in this series that we're talking about vertical, there's vertical relationships and horizontal relationships. Horizontal relationships are you, your coworkers, your family, uh, your friends at church. But our vertical relationship is really our priority relationship because just as we align our, our, our um, hearts with God's holy word, we have to align our heart with the word, the logos, the logos, the, the word made flesh. We align our hearts with him and everything in our life flows out of that relationship. And so many times we get that backwards, but he said, seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, his right ways of living and everything else horizontally flows from that vertical. And so, you know, today I want to talk to you a little bit about this whole thing. We've been talking about the manifest presence of God. And I just want to share with you that there is a there's a progression that um, that uh, into the manifest presence of God. So if we're going into the manifest, remember, not the omnipresence of God. God is always here. God's always around us. But we're talking about the manifest presence of God. If you don't know what the manifest presence of God, what we just experienced was the manifest presence of God. To some people, that is completely foreign. That like what just happened here a, a few minutes ago, they're not used to that because they're used to coming in the, and sitting in the omnipresence of God. They're used to coming and sitting in a, in a seat or a pew and they're, they're used to somebody speaking. A lot of time man wisdom instead of the word of God, it, it's the word of man coming from the pulpit and they're used to sitting there and not in engaging. Uh, I used to be one of those people until I realized that he is a living God. He's not a God afar off. It's not, we're not singing about the ancient of days. He's, he is the ancient of days, but he's the God of yesterday, today, and forever. And so there's a progression into the manifest presence of God. If you've ever, I, I think I mentioned this last week, that it was about the third song into our worships uh, 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 songs that I started feeling a connection with Holy Spirit. And I even asked the Lord while I was worshiping God, what is going on? Why am I not connecting with your spirit? We're, we're, we're past the second song. Why am I not engaged? And the Holy Spirit very quickly spoke to me and said, because you're focused on something other than me. And it was right. My mind was just racing on all kinds of things and I hadn't focused anything on God, but I sang all the words. I sang all the words. I was singing. To the average person, I, it looked like I was worshiping. I had my hands in the air, air but, you know, uh, uh, I was not really engaging with the manifest presence of God. And there's a progression that happens in getting into the manifest presence of God. Now, I'm telling you, you, you might say you're not, but you are. Don't lie to yourself. You are this way. We do not show up on the grounds of the church and we're just zoom right up into the manifest presence of God. Half of y'all on the edge of divorce when you walk in because y'all have had a fight in the car. Y'all come on now. Y'all about to give your kids up for adoption because, you know, you want to slap the taste out of their mouth. You know, 
You frustrated? You mad? Some of y'all mad at one another in the church? You ain't worked out your offense? And you, and you wonder why? You know, why? Because there is a progression into the manifest presence of God. Now, if you haven't been around and you've missed uh, a few messages in this series, I talked to you, I split it up into two weeks. There was 14 postures that get us into the presence of God, that prepare us for the presence of God. There were seven attitudes and there were seven actions. And they help to, to posture our heart to experience the manifest presence of God. But you can, you can come in with the right attitude. You can come in and do the right actions. Last week I was down on the, on the front row and I was doing the right actions. I had my hands in the air, like you just don't care. You know, I had my hands in the air. I was singing the songs. My actions were there, but my attitude was not in the right place. And I, was, I, I, I needed to get to that progression where I was in the manifest presence of God. And man, did he show up. I'm like, I don't know where I was for the first two songs, but after I got my attention focused in the right direction, Holy Spirit did some beautiful things last week. And remember I told you that that, that Sunday was that Sunday. It was a rhema word in a kairos moment. And that was for, for that week. And then this week, it's, you, you would agree, it's been a totally different manifestation of his glory. But I'm telling you what, guys. I never want to show up at the house of God and the glory of God is not there. Now, I think I got it right this week, but next week, she's going to be preaching. Next week, Erica's going to be bringing the message, and I believe she's going to be talking a little bit about that, what happens when the glory of God is not there. But there's a progression into the manifest spirit of God. And the vertical connection that I have with God will impact the horizontal connections that I have with people. That's a little bit of what Rochelle was uh, giving that message from the Lord a while ago. The Lord was saying he wants us to come into intimacy with him. And it's for a reason. It's for the people that we're going to be connecting with. So the vertical connection that I have with the Father is going to impact the horizontal connections I have with people. Sometimes people are wondering why they do not have a connection on their job with people or that they're repelling people instead of compelling people, drawing people to them. Jesus has put the charismata in us, the charisma, the charismatic gifts, the gifts of grace. And I'm telling you, when you operate with the charismata, people are drawn to you. They are not repelled. You are not a person that they go, oh God, here she comes. Y'all act like y'all ain't never met those people before. I've met them. Some of y'all are some of those people. And I'm not joking. I'm not trying to dishonor you. What I'm trying to do is just speak truth in love. I'm trying to speak the truth in love, because I'm telling you, you cannot do Christianity the way you want to. You can't do that. You are not the boss. Holy Spirit, we are spirit-led. If you are soul-led, you are led by your emotions. I'm talking to some folks here. If you are led by your emotions, if you mad, you ticked off most of the time, you ain't speaking to nobody, my friend, you need to grow up in the spirit. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm not mad at you. My voice is elevated because I'm a little bit excited. I'm not mad at you. I, what, I, what I am is my heart aches for people that will not progress to the level of manifestation that God wants to, to uh, reveal himself to you. It will be a hindrance to you because it is a journey. And that vertical connection, you know, a lot of times people will present themselves. This will say a little bit more to about the word that Rochelle gave. They will present themselves as spiritual I'm telling you what, 
People will present themselves as spiritual and some of the loudest vocally people spiritually are some of the ones who have some of the biggest demons. I'm telling you, I've had people come sit on the front row. Yes, sir. Amen. Come on, preacher. Preach it, preacher. And they got demonic activity going on in their house. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Why? Because it's all about that platform. It's all about an outward facade, a persona, a charisma instead of charismata. It's all about my personality instead of the person of the Holy Spirit. And here's something very simple, that my worship will affect my week. I'm telling you what, how you connect in this house with the Holy Spirit will affect your week. A lot of people go through their week and they're like, they're dreading it. I'm serious. I, I, I get tired of seeing Christians going, oh my God, it's Monday. I can barely make it. It's so pathetic. I hate Mondays. I hate the day that the Lord has made. Mm, I hate the day that the Lord has made. Oh, I hate the day. That the Lord has made. I will be a sour puss. I will be a sour puss in it. Yes, I will. You know what? I'm just telling you, those kind of people are not people that connect with God on the on the holy of holies, the secret place. Again, I'm telling you what, that message that you gave Rochelle is uh, from the Lord is right in alignment with his word today. Our week is affected by our worship. When you connect with the Lord, you, we are supposed to come into this place and get filled up and energized so that when we go out there, that we come in contact with people. And it's like, listen, don't be sending nobody to me. Don't be sending your coworkers to me. This church doesn't do that very often, but I used to get that all the time. Preacher, I need you to come meet with somebody that I know that's got this and that going on in their life. And I'm like, Man, I'm just going to be here to tell you, I ain't got time for all that. You go be the priest in your realm of influence. You go be the light. You go be the apostolic figure. You go be the preacher. You go be the healer. He said we are called to be disciples. He's given us the authority, and we're supposed to come in and get it and take it out. And so uh, don't patty cake it, man. There's one person over here. Don't leave them hanging. Um, so I, I just want to real quickly share with you the, a model. It's an Old Testament model, which is a foreshadow of the model that we are in right now. And so Moses is the one who God revealed his glory to. Moses is the one who spoke to God face to face. And Moses is the one that God gave the tabernacle, the model of worship. And he was very clear in the steps that were to be taken in worship. And so I want to use this model where Moses, that you can see them right there. They're in the outer court. And so there was an outer court and there was an inner court made up of the holy place and the most holy place or the holy of holies. And so right there in that picture, you see Moses in front of the Ark of the Covenant as they're setting up the, the tabernacle. And so they're in the outer court and you can see the uh, inner court, the tabernacle in the back there. You can see the holy of holies and the uh, holy place. And so what I want you to understand is we're trying to get you uh, from, from this place right here. We're trying to get you from the outer court to the inner court, the secret place, the holy place, the place where there's intimacy with God. And so the outer court is you're, you're outside. You're, you're, you're not even inside the tabernacle. You're not even into the presence of God. We're in the omnipresence of God, but we haven't experienced the, uh, the manifested presence of God. And so when you get to that place, you've got to go to the holy of holies or the most holy place. So I want to just share this with you. In Hebrews chapter 10, go there with me very quickly. And I want to read to you beginning at verse 1, and I'm going to set it up for you just a little bit. So Paul is telling 
the readers that there was an old covenant and an old model. And that's the one I just showed you. I'm going to go through it just a little bit. But he says, but Christ came to do away with that system because he was a more perfect way. He provided a better covenant, a more perfect covenant for us. So in uh, chapter 10, verse 1, Paul says, the old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow. In other words, it's a symbolic type. It's a, it's a representation, a dim preview of the good things to come. Not the good things themselves. The sacrifices under that system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never, never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. Now, let me just stop for just a second. Let me see. Verse 2. Let me go ahead a little further. If they could have provided the perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped. For the worshipers would have been purified once for all and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sins year after year. For it's not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. That is why when Christ came into the world, he said to God, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, you, but you have given me a body to offer. You were not pleased with burnt offerings or other offerings for sin. Then I said, Jesus said to the Father, look, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written about me in the scriptures. Look, look at verse 11. He says, under the old covenant, the priests would stand and ministers would, would stand and minister day after day at the altar, offering the same sacrifices again and again and again and again and again and again, which they can never take away sins. But our high priest, Jesus, offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. And then he sat down at the place of honor at God's right hand. And there, right now, right now, Jesus is alive in heaven. He's not some make-believe character. He's got flesh and bone, purified, glorified body that if we were in heaven, we could touch him. We know that because he said, look, Thomas, put your hand, uh, hand in the wounds. We know that he has a body. And so he sits at the right hand of the father and he waits there until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. Listen, can I tell you right now all hell is breaking loose and there's all kind of mess over in uh, uh, Afghanistan, but there is a day that the Taliban, there is a day that every ISIS and any Al-Qaeda, there's a day that is coming when the Lord's enemies are going to be his footstool and he's just going to rest his foot on them. There is a day coming. I don't know how far away it is, but it seems seems like it's getting closer every day. But there is going to be a time when our Lord Jesus comes back in a cloud of glory and he is going to come not as a meek and humble servant, but he's going to come as a risen king and he is going to come as a righteous judge and he is going to wage war against his enemies and we are going to be riding with him. Man, if that doesn't get somebody excited, we are going to whoop some tail. We are going to be victorious. And so anyway, he says, if, God, if Christ had not provided this perfect sacrifice every Sunday, I don't know about you, I am so glad that that's over with because me and Greg and some of, I mean, I'd, I'd Barney Fife some of y'all. I'd deputize y'all as priests. I'd, I'd have old Greg up here slitting throats of goats and sheep and all kinds of things. And man, we, it, we would have to do that day after day after day, week after week after week. And it would never cover the sin. All it would do would be pay it for a while. But Jesus came and paid the price once and for all. And he got rid of that old covenant. But that covenant, that model was still a foreshadow of the model to come. And so this, this thing that we're talking about, there's a progression into the manifest presence of God. I want to read a couple of more verses here. In, in verse 19, it says, and so dear brothers and sisters, 
we can boldly enter, boldly, not timid, boldly. I wish the church would get some boldness. I wish the church would get some boldness. Boldness in worship, boldness in praise, boldness in proclaiming the word of God. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain of the most holy place. Y'all know that in the temple, in the tabernacle, the holy place and the most holy place was separated by that 12, I believe it's 12 inch thick. Is that right? 12 inch thick curtain. And when Jesus was crucified and gave up the ghost on the cross, that, that uh, curtain, think of the strength of our Lord that it must have ripped that 12 inch curtain from top to bottom, exposing God's inner sanctum, the secret place that only the priest could go in. Only the, not just any priest, the high priest, the, the chief guy, only he could go in and he could only go in once a year. Could you imagine you and I operating under that system right now that we would only be able to have a conference once a year with the Lord our God and we couldn't even do it ourselves? I, an administrator would have to go in and kind of, we'd have to communicate through him. But praise God, he ripped it and exposed it so that you and I can go boldly. Like, just think about that. Even today in royalty, I can't just show up at Buckingham Palace. Are you following me? I can't just knock on the gate and say, yo, I want to see Liz. Yeah, Lilibet, tell her rice outside. <laughs> Not going to happen, dude. Why? Because I don't have that kind of relationship with her. But, oh, uh, what's the boy's names, her grandsons? William and Harry. Well, maybe not Harry, but <laughs> let's pray for them. But William, he could show up and say, hey, I'm here to see my granny. They fling open wide. Why? Because he's in relationship with the queen. In relationship with royalty. That's who we are. We get to show up now as sons and daughters of the father who is our king. And Jesus who is our elder brother. And I want you to look at this real quick. There's something about this progression. All right? There's something about this progression that I want you to understand. Like, we don't just come in, like, I guess if you came late to church, you might walk in and the pre manifest presence of God might be going on. But even though it's going on, it doesn't mean that you're connected to it because you're trying to figure out where we at, where we at, what's going on. Why are these people crazy and laying down in the floor? And Because you haven't progressed to that place yet. And so there's this thing called ascension. Let me talk to you about ascension real quick. Psalm 122 and 1. It, David literally as he's writing this, King David as he's writing this, he labels it a song for pilgrims ascending to, to Jerusalem. Why were they going to Jerusalem? They were going to the temple in Jerusalem. They were on a trip, an annual trip to Jerusalem, to the temple. And this was a song that he wrote for them. And he said, it's a Psalm of David. And there's a verse that says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Where are they singing this? On their way up the road to Jerusalem. And they're out there, man, it's, it's hot, it's sweaty. They're you know, going up the road to Jerusalem and they're singing, I was glad when they said unto me, mm, 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 let us go into the house of the Lord. I don't know if that was a tune, but anyway. But they were singing this song as an ascent to the holy place. Listen, we have to understand that there's an ascension. Like, listen, there, we, we can be talking about two different things in the same thing. 
This is a place where God manifests his presence. But do you understand that this is not the only place that God manifests his presence? I was in the presence of God just a few days ago, and it was so thick, I'm not even joking. I thought, I'm going to have to pull the car over. But guess what? I didn't just flick on the radio and boom, Holy Ghost was in the car with me, and it was just crazy. There was an ascension. There was a progression I had to get my mind in the right place. I had to get the right music on the radio. I had to, I had to uh, you know, put the right kinds of songs in there. They weren't songs of testimony. They were songs of praise, and they were songs of worship. And a lot of times we take, uh, uh, we, we, we don't really value the ascension to the holy place. We don't think about it. What does the ascension look like in real terms? Well, it looks like you're weak. It looks like your trip to church here today. It looks like it could be Monday, Tuesday, any day of the week, but it could be your trip to work. Like, if, if listen, the time for you to get in the Holy Ghost is not when you walk in the door. You know, good morning, everybody. Pooh, Holy Ghost just hit me. No, no. The t- there's an ascension. Like you're in your car praying. You're in your car saying, God, I'm just making some declarations over these old wicked people that I work with. God, I'm just, I'm making some declarations over some people that are suffering and and hurting. And there's an ascension process. And so many times we do not value the ascension process. Sunday mornings, for me, my, this is, my wife knows, do not talk to me about a lot of junk on Sunday morning because I'm ascending. I, I, I don't, baby, can I throw you on the bus for just a bit? It's not going to be too ugly. It's not going to be too ugly. But she, you know, she, she'll be wanting to talk about everything under the sun. And, it, and I'm like, I don't want to talk about that today. Not, 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 not before church. Because I, I don't, as a matter of fact, I don't even want to talk in the car very much. She calls it moody. I'm like, no, baby, that's moody on Wednesday, but this is Sunday. I'm ascending, baby. I'm like, I don't want to talk a lot. I don't want to talk about things that aren't important. Because, why? Because I, well, they might be important, but not, not for this day. Because I'm ascending. I am preparing my mind to meet God. I'm preparing my spirit to meet God. I've told people, and somebody respected me today, and I'm so glad that you did. Listen, don't meet me on Sunday morning and have some trash to be talking to me about. Because I will embarrass you real quick. Do not, I've had people show up and they want to talk about something that ain't even remotely important and don't respect the word, the pulpit, and the sanctuary and all of that. And I'm like, listen, there's a time and a place. Let's make an appointment on Tuesday at 3 p.m. to deal with that. But today, right now, before church, ain't the time for that. Because what? I'm ascending. This is, the ascension is our daily walk. And if you'll look at the little green area uh, on the screen behind me, you notice that you ain't even up in the, in, in the courts yet. You're not even in the courts. You're just preparing yourself for the courts. And so many times people don't value that time frame. And then they get to the courts and they wonder what's wrong. The second place in this ascension, in this journey, is the gate. John 3, 16, this is a beautiful scripture that says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever, whoever, I'm telling you white, black, white, rich, poor, homosexual, lesbian, straight, doesn't matter, poor, rich, whoever wants to come to Jesus, all they have to do is call upon his name and come inside the gate. Come inside the gate. The gate is where we are adopted into the body of Christ as sons and daughters. It's where there is a fellowship of believers. Oh, but pick your feet up off the floor because I'm fixing to step on your teeny toes. There are so many people that love to just stay at the gate. These are the people. I'm going to make some of y'all mad. These are the people that they can't stay in the service. 
They can't stay in the service. They had rather stay out by the coffee and the donuts. They had rather stay out at the gate. They, why? Because the fellowship is so good out there. Listen, I love you. I value you. I love my wife more than any person in this building. But I'm telling you what, if she's going to be out at the gate, I'm going into the Holy of Holies. She can stay out there if she wants to, and she ain't going to be out there long because I ain't going to put up with it. I'm the priest of my house, and I'm just going to say, baby, you're going to be married to me? Then we're going to have to do this thing together. And we already had that conversation 34 years ago, you know, because I didn't marry unequally yoked. I got me a good Christian Holy Ghost feel woman. But... There's folks that they just love to stay at the gate. I'm going to tell you what. I don't know if you're preaching this next week or not, but you should because it's good. <laughs> but there's these two boys called Hophni and Phineas. They love to just linger around the gate. I mean, Holy Ghost is up inside the Holy of Holies. But where, where are the boys at? They're out at the gate. Why? Because you can catch the latest juicy gossip at the gate. catch up on all that stuff at the gate the devil's just right at the door Jesus said it himself he said Peter man he's just right there he's just right there he's right at the door and he wants to sift you like wheat the gate don't let the gate be your stumbling block let it be your let it be your starting block you know just Leap on in. Then the next progression is you go into the gate, you got the outer court. The outer court is the altar of sacrifice. So you have the altar of sacrifice, the brazen altar. And this is where people would bring their offering. They would bring something. So in other words, you don't show up at the house of God without an offering. I don't have my wallet with me. It's in my uh, bag in the back. But it could be an offering of financial uh, resource. It could be an offering of praise. It could be an offering of service. It could be an offering of helps in some way. There's all kinds of offerings. It could be a thanksgiving offering. It could be an offering of alms to help the poor. There's all kinds of different ways. But they would show up. And if you don't have anything else to offer, Paul says, Romans 12 and 1, present your body to the Lord. The man asked, uh, was it Peter? He said, Hey, man, hey, man, let me hold that dollar. Y'all ever had somebody ask you to hold a dollar? Like, what, you going to hold it and give it back? He's like, man, hey, man, I, give me some money. And Peter said, hey, silver and gold, I, I do not have, but in the name of Jesus, get up. Get up right now. Joker didn't even ask for healing and got healed. When you connect vertically, it'll affect your week. You'll, you'll start, it'll flow out of your mouth and you don't even know it. I'm telling you, I'm, I, I live what I'm, I'm saying. There are, words have come out of my mouth and I'm like, oh, Jesus. I did not mean to say that. Sometimes it's a voice of correction. Sometimes it's a voice of authority. I remember one time this woman was on the phone with me and Holy Spirit just told me that she was lying. And I said, you need to shut that up right now. And she was like, <laughs> and I'm like, who? Oh. <laughs> and then the boldness of the Lord came upon me. And I said, that is a lie. You know it's a lie. And we're fixing to call the people that you're lying on. That's the last time I ever heard from that woman. I ain't even making it up. There's an altar of sacrifice. Present your body as a living sacrifice. When you begin to present your body as a living sacrifice, God will begin to, to use you as a weapon of warfare against the enemy. So there's an altar of sacrifice. Then the progression looks like this. At the altar of sacrifice, that's where I bring my offering. At the laver, 
is where the priests would wash. And this is that place of purification. And I can't remember in the service this morning where it was, but Holy Spirit started talking to us about purifying ourselves. At the laver is where, where the priest would purify. Listen, if you are going to, uh, to progress towards the manifest presence of God, every time you come into worship, we don't have to beg for forgiveness. We've already been forgiven. But yes, we should come with a contrite and humble heart and, and confess our shortcomings to the Lord and to one another. And I was, you know, somebody was saying, and I, I think it was the other night when Madison Street uh, was here, and they were talking about confessing your sins uh, to one another. And, I, and, and something inside of me, and I'm like, well, this ain't the time for me to say anything, but, uh, but I have a few thoughts on that. The reason brothers and sisters do not confess their sins to one another is because brothers and sisters can't keep their daggum mouth shut. I'll be trying to tell you, confess to you, so that I can be strengthened in the Lord, and then you done told 12 people. You know I'm telling the truth. That is, and, and, and that's nothing but an enemy, that, a, a, a weapon that the enemy would use against the church. But at the laver is where we come and we make ourselves uh, uh, compliant to the, to the Lord and we submit ourselves to him and we wash ourselves with the word. It's where purification through confession happens and repentance happens. And we should constantly be coming into the house of the Lord with a Psalm 139 uh, mind said that says search my heart O God and point out anything in me that offends you listen if you serious about that I'm telling you you will not have to wait on God for an answer because as soon as you because listen he ain't going I'm serious man I can't think of anything I'm at a loss can I get back with you on it when you are serious about confession and bringing yourself into alignment with God in a vertical way, when you ask him, he will very quickly begin to speak to you and show you things. And they usually come to you in thoughts and mindsets. And, and those are ways that God is showing you things. And this is where when we come into the house of, the God, of God all the time, guys, all the time, every Sunday... I come in here and say, Lord, if there's anything that I've, I've done to offend you this week, maybe I'm blind to it, God. If there's any arrogance or pride in me, I need you to show it to me, God. If I'm, if I, if I'm blind to it, reveal it to me. The outer courts, then you go into the holy place. This is the place of priestly duties. Now, if you remember 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, last week I talked to you about who are we? We are royal priests and our first priestly duty is what come on don't let me down now is to th thank you is to minister unto the lord that as our first and foremost duty to minister to the Lord, not use our talents and abilities to, you know, whatever, whatever. It's how is your intimate time with the Lord? Where are we trying to get up here? We're trying to get to the most holy place, the most holy place. That's where we're trying to get. How is your secret life? How is, how is your life in the secret place of the most high? In the holy place, this is a place where the priests would perform priestly duties. And there were three things there. There was the table of showbread. And this is a partaking of God's word, the bread of life. Like when we come into God's house, I mean, you know, you guys, uh, most of the time our crowd is fairly attentive and I'm usually a long-winded preacher. So I really appreciate that because I wish I could preach shorter, but I, I just don't seem to have the gift or whatever. My wife wants me to preach shorter and I want to preach shorter. And I, 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 I promise you, I will try to work on that, but I've been trying to work on it for a long time. But I appreciate you sticking with it and your eyes not glazing over. And I appreciate you taking notes. And I appreciate you literally doing the applications that we have. 
Thank you for that because you are showing that you are a student of the word. You are coming in week after week, partaking of the showbread, partaking of the word, the daily bread that God delivers up in this house from whoever is standing in this pulpit. Thank you for doing that. You should never come to the house of God and not be ready to partake of the showbread. The priests, they would eat the showbread. They could only eat it in the holy place. There's, I mean, I could, I don't have time for that, but I could, there's so much you can get there. They could only eat the showbread in the holy place. They couldn't eat it in the outer court. There are some things, my friends, you are only going to get in your church. Oh, man, I'm telling you what. There are people that can tell you, y'all don't get mad at me. Larry, don't get mad at me because you, you sent me a couple of videos. There are some people, they can tell you what um, uh, Bill Hybels and Bill Johnson and Chris Valentine and uh, Morningstar, what's his name? Rick Joyner, they can tell you what, what, oh, what, every prophetic word that these guys speak, but they can't tell you what's happened in their house in the last three weeks. You can't eat the showbread outside of the holy place. There is a certain place in the local church that God is speaking to his people locally. Like what God is speaking in California, that's for California, and it might be a global word. What he's speaking over in Tennessee and Texas and some other, but God is speaking some stuff right here. But some people hadn't got a mindset for their own. He said, be my witnesses, not in, uh, I can't say it backwards, so I'll just say it forward. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the outside, outer parts of the earth. He did not say, I want you to go to the outside of the earth, and then Samaria, and then uh, uh, Judea, and then Jerusalem. He didn't say it in that order. He's like, you need to learn to be an effective witness and an apostolic figure in Daphne, Malbus, Spanish Fort, Loxley, Robertsdale, Foley, Gulf Shores, Mobile. You need to worry about that before you're worrying about conquering foreign lands somewhere because there is a, a bread that he wants to deliver up just for you for this reason, uh, region and for this season. The second thing that was there was the lampstand. The lampstand represents the moving of the Holy Spirit. When we come into the, the house of God, what happened in here should not ever get old to us. Anytime somebody's like, I, I literally... And I know there are some of y'all that don't like me to say stuff like this, but I'm just sorry. If the Apostle Paul can use personal examples. I can too. Here's the deal. I at least don't use your names. I don't use their names. But he did. He called out Odemus. He called them out by name. Everybody knew who he was talking about. I've had people to say, there's no way Holy Spirit can move every week like that. I'm telling you, I've had people to say that. There's no way, y'all are making that up. Y'all are just manipulating the crowd. There's no way Holy Spirit can move that way week after week. And I'm like, bro, I'm just so sorry that you do not, have not advanced to the lampstand. You haven't advanced to the lampstand. You haven't advanced to a place where you realize that prophecy and revelation and the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit are real. And then there's the holy place. And I want you to look at this real quick. Oh, sorry, altar of incense. Altar of incense. That's just praise and prayer. He said, my house will be called a house of prayer. This place has got to be a praying church and it's got to be a praising church. It is incense before the Lord. It is a sweet-smelling aroma that pleases the Lord and not only pleases the Lord, but captures his attention. And friend, I'm telling you, 
if you don't believe that there are houses of worship in name only because worship, true worship is not happening, Amos chapter 5 is happening there, if you, if you know where I'm going. Amos chapter 5 is happening there. A lot of religious stuff is happening, but Holy Spirit manifested is not there. Why? Because an altar of incense, he smells no sweet fragrance, but God is looking. The scripture says he's looking for worshipers that are worshiping him in, in spirit and in truth. I'm telling you what, his eyes go to and fro in the earth, and he's looking for people who are willing to have his spirit poured out on them. And so we come to this last place before we get to the most holy place. And I want you to look at this. So when we go into uh, the, the most holy place, all right, there, that curtain's there, but we read in Hebrews chapter 10 that he's broken that. So now we can go straight into the holy place. And in there is the ark of the covenant, also known as the ark of his presence. In this room, every time we gather as a church, you can choose how far you go. You can come to the gate. You can come to the outer courts and refuse to offer any sacrifice to the Lord. You can offer sacrifice, move on to the brazen altar, and you're still struggling with the same things that you've been struggling with for 10 years. I know, I've struggled with stuff that long. Or, or probably longer. And there comes a day when you go, God, I am ready to be pure. I am ready to be holy. Why? Because you and I both know it is holding you back from going into that holy of holies. We get into there and we go through the showbread and the, uh, the uh, lampstand and we go through the altar of incense and we can go straight into the ark of his presence where we experience the manifest presence of God, the fullness of God. That's where God's glory was. In that model, we have a foreshadow of what we have now. In that model, in the outer court, there wasn't the same presence of God's glory. When you go into the holy place, the, the glory of God was not there. Everything was preparing for that place in the holy place. When you get to the holy place, that is where God in the full manifestation of everything he is, is there. And here's the beautiful part. Jesus ripped that curtain open, so now it spills out. I don't know about you, man. But I want to be in the most holy place because my worship this Sunday is going to affect my week. What I duplicate here in my car or at my house or in a Bible study or wherever I might be during the week, it's going to affect the rest of the week and the opportunities. You understand that the manifest glory of God does not just manifest here. It'll manifest, I'm telling you, I've had the manifest glory of God hit me in the shower. I've had the manifest glory of God hit me while I've been riding on a lawnmower. I've had the manifest glory of God hit me while I'm riding down the road. I've had the manifest glory of God hit me in a hospital room. It's wherever you have prepared yourself in progression to be. So Pastor Rife, how how can I apply the word that you brought to me today? Ask yourself, where do I need growth? And guys, I'm telling you, every, myself, every one of us need growth on, on that list right there. Where do I need growth? Are you even saved? If you're not, you can come into the gate. You can be brought into the family of God. Do you need to repent? We all do. Repentance, remember, I told you repentance is not asking forgiveness. That's part of repentance. Repentance is changing behavior. It is life change. I did that. I'm not doing that anymore. Purity, devotion, fruit of the Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, praise, prayer, and your intimate personal relationship with God. I've taken you all the way outside the gate, all the way inside to the Holy of Holies, that's our model. And guess what, guys? You do not get a 
card like you do in Monopoly that says free pass. Pass the altar of sacrifice. You don't get a free pass. You don't get a free pass that says pass the brazen uh, or the uh, uh, laver. Those two are non-negotiable for you to get to the holy place. Now once you get in, uh, you, you can determine if you want to go any further. As a matter of fact, you can determine if you want to go in any of those steps. But the two that are absolutely non-negotiable for us to see a manifestation of God's glory is salvation, repentance, bringing an offering, and sanctification, purity. Those are non-negotiable. Every Sunday when we come to this house, we ought to be doing those so that we can make sure that this house is well prepared to receive the glory. I just wonder, I just wonder how many times is what God wanting to do held back because there are people that are not willing to go through those steps. Does that happen at Destiny? I'm sure it does. But I pray that there are more of us than there are of them. Are you with me? Because there is strength in numbers. So I want to pray and then we're going to go. I appreciate your time that you've just allowed Holy Spirit to move today. And uh, Shay, would you come with me on the stage and we'll do a couple of things before we let you go. There's two things I want to do. I want to pray. And then I want to um, share with you about our marriage conference. And then the very last thing that we're going to do is we're going to show you uh, our video announcements. And I would love it if you would stay and watch those um, because we take a lot of time and energy to put them together. And they're so important to some of the things that are happening at Destiny. So let me pray over you. So Holy Spirit, so you have the showbread You have the word of God, the bread of life that has been delivered and baked today right in front of these folks. And God, every person in this room has the ability to receive your word today and take part in it. God, I pray that you would speak to hearts in a way that only you can speak. I pray that there are people today in this house, myself, my wife included, God, that we humbly submit ourselves to you and that, God, we, we make it a point to grow in this place, this journey, because, God, we want to see your glory continue to fall in this house. God, as we leave this place today, I pray that you would continue to speak. Lord, pursue us. Be relentless in your pursuit of us, O oh God. Don't let us walk out of this place today and just uh, file this message away somewhere in the back catalog of our memory, God. But let your Holy Spirit hound us. Convict us, God. Wake us up in the middle of the night and speak to us about our relationship as you are yearning and drawing us to our secret place with you, God. I trust you, Lord. I do know this. No man can save another man spiritually. No man can save another man. So, Lord Jesus, would you do what only you can do? And I trust you, God, because you love them more than I love them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Real quick, let me tell you. Can you put up the slide about this is us? Shay and I want to encourage you if you're married and even if you're not married, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you're the, one, you're the one who told me to encourage uh, even if people are single and, yeah. and are looking to yeah. be married. Yes. Uh, and why? Because it sets you up for success. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're learning from one another. So what we want to do is share experiences um nobody's going to be there and say well we have it all together so this is how you do it yeah we're all going to be sharing from experiences we're going to have panels we're going to have 
special speakers, special times where we learn from one another in small groups. And it's a time for us all to grow in our marriages because everybody needs someone to come along and show them a way that they do things that may be successful and that that they can glean from. So we want everybody to participate, whether you've been married one year or 50 years, because everybody has something to contribute. Yeah, and and the thing is, is that we uh, have been married for 34 years and we still work on our relationship all the time uh, because, you know, marriage is work. Like, I don't know how long you guys have been married out there, but, you know, 34 years, it didn't just happen. I mean, there were lots of fights and disagreements and making up and making up, uh, you know, and, and so, you know, we have to work on this and um, you don't wait till you have a problem. There are so many things you can learn uh, to make this thing a success it's $50. You can't get a conference. It's a Friday night. There's no child care. You go home and then you come back for a portion of the next day. And I promise you, if you invest in your marriage, you will not be sorry.